Hey, what is up? Welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. As always, I'm your host, Brian Lofermento, and this is a solo Sunday episode where I'm going to think out loud because I know that so many entrepreneurs, particularly newer entrepreneurs, and yes, all of you entrepreneurs out there, you are wondering what is so mystical and elusive about entrepreneurial success, especially when you compare your success to others and how easy they say that it is. This is a particularly important one. I'm so excited about it. Let's dive in. All right, so this episode really comes to you with the reflections and the thoughts for me about two things in particular. One is that when I was in my 20s as a youngish entrepreneur who had already been running a business for a few years at that point, but always looking for that secret to entrepreneurial success. I knew that there was something in the water of successful entrepreneurs and I wanted to know what is it that they're doing that I'm not. So that's the first thing that I've really been reflecting on lately. And the second thing is, of course, social media. Social media absolutely cracks me up. And I'll tell you what, I'm recording this on the week that Facebook, Meta, Instagram launched Instagram or launched the new app Threads. I don't know if they're calling it Instagram Threads or just Threads, whatever it is. I've signed up as we all have. I'm not active on it just yet. Who knows if I'll ever be. But I did open it because I love good UI. I love good branding. I love good aesthetics. And of course, I'm always curious from a business perspective what people are up to. And so it's really cool to see what they've built and how they're building a Twitter competitor. I'm not going to get into all of that in today's episode. But the one thing that immediately struck me about the launch of Threads is how easy everybody made it seem to succeed on Threads in business in general, in marketing, in sales, all of those things. Why? Because this is honestly my biggest gripe about Twitter and my biggest gripe already about threads is that everybody's just on there bragging. Everybody's saying, oh my gosh, I I just, the very first post I saw on threads was this girl who's a fellow entrepreneur. We've been friends on Facebook for a long time. And her first threads post was, It was like, hi, welcome to Threads. Thanks for following me. And her second post was, oh my gosh, I just made my first $40,000 client from Threads. Now, it may or may not be true. Quite frankly, I do not care. But the reality is I want to talk to you about the dangers of comparing yourself. One, and it's not gonna be the way we typically talk about it. It's not gonna be all that surface level. There's gonna be some strategic insights packed into this. But the second thing is that it just seems like everybody does this on social media, whether it's not even social media. I'm, I'm obviously putting social media a little bit on blast here, but I also mean it with regards to business blogs, YouTube videos, business books. Everybody makes this stuff seem so easy. And so going back to young 20-something-year-old me reflecting on what the heck is everybody else doing? Why are they building seven-figure businesses overnight? Well, here's the reality of it. Okay, and, I, and like I said, I don't want to just cross into the, the realm of cliche-isms here in today's episode because obviously we can say those cliches like everybody is an overnight success, 10 years in the making and all of that. So we're going to put that to the side. We're also going to put to the side that a lot of the stuff you see online, quite frankly, it's just not true. I'm going to very happily call that out in today's episode. It's just not true. But 
With those two giant disclaimers out of the way, I do want to talk about something that is relevant to you and I, and it is relevant to us as entrepreneurs, as people who are dedicated to to growing our businesses. And that thing is that what works for them may not work for us. What they say, hey, I did this, and let's just assume it's all true for a second. If they say, hey, I did this, and this worked, it doesn't mean that you should go do it and it's gonna work for you. That is such an important premise behind today's episode because I've been there firsthand in my early 20s. As I'm, I've always been of the belief that success leaves clues and it's absolutely true. Success always leaves clues. You can always reverse engineer what somebody else is doing but the reality is if you follow what they did and what they're doing step by step by step, it's not gonna work for you. I promise you this, and don't worry, I'm not gonna lead you to a cliff and leave you there. I, and I'm going to also talk about how you can use these things to your advantage. But I do wanna also give a tangible example, because I remember, let's back all the way up to 2015. So to set the scene for you, in 2015, I had shut down my marketing, my SEO agency in Boston. I was really burnt out from client-based work as well as my business partner. He was feeling the exact same way. And so I took some time to reflect. And obviously, that's the year that I published Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur, which is the precursor to this podcast, which was a super exciting time in my life. But what most people don't realize is a few months before the launch of the book, I actually created and launched my first ever online course. It was called Blogging Your Way to Profits. It was for sale for $197. Gosh, at this point, I don't even know if I have a copy of that course. I can imagine it was so boring. I had no idea how to deliver content, how to teach people online. I didn't know how to do any of that, but it sold, which was crazy. I'll never forget. My first sale is from a guy, gosh, I want to say like Romania or Bulgaria. I forget at this point where he was from, but I'll never forget that first PayPal email saying you've received money. And it was from a complete stranger on the other side of the world because I launched it on, this is like a total throwback. I launched it on a website called Warrior Forum, which back then there weren't all these Facebook groups. There wasn't the social media reach we all have today. So we would just launch on this website called the Warrior Forum. It still exists. Go check it out. There's some good products and and some really good strategic insights on the Warrior Forum. But that's not why we're here today. That's just a quick aside. The reason why I tell you this is because once I got that initial taste, I thought the money was going to be rolling because every online course launch that you heard about in 2015, it wasn't a competitive environment. I mean, you could launch on Udemy and make $50,000, $100,000 back in that day. It was the wild, wild west of online courses. It wasn't nearly as saturated as it is today. Consumers were not burned out by buying a million courses a year and not taking action on any of them. It was a different landscape. And so I was I was so confused. Why is mine not crushing? Why am I not making multiple six figures from this course? Clearly people want it, a few people have bought it, but where does that critical mass come in? And so I was Googling anything and everything about how to grow an online course. And I was finding all of these articles, how so-and-so launched their online course and made $240,000 in their first 14 days. And I was like, yes, I need to do that. And the more I read those blog posts, guess what I always found? It was never the the most important thing that they said in those blog posts, but it was always in there where they said, well, first things first, this person started with an email list of 300,000 people. And I was like, what? So they didn't make 
$300,000 or $240,000, whatever example I'm rolling with here on the fly, they didn't make that in 14 days because of their online course. They made that because they're already niche famous. They already have an email list. They already have a top ranked podcast. They already have this or that. So if I follow that course to success, which I was trying to, I quickly realized I just wasn't getting any traction. Why? Because we didn't have the same things. I couldn't replicate in that exact moment their list of 240,000 people, 300,000 people. I didn't have that. Yet, here I was trying to learn from people who had things that I didn't have on how they did it. And so that's my biggest gripe that we all do. We're all guilty of this. I'm throwing myself a million percent in there right with you is that we all do this. We all try to compare, hey, if someone says that they're crushing with threads, if someone says they're crushing on Twitter or LinkedIn or Facebook, whatever it may be, we think, well, it's working for them. It's going to work for us. But this episode, the reason why I'm coming to you today is to say to you, maybe not. And you know what? Probably not. It's not gonna work for you because whatever it is that they have, let's say it's Facebook, for example, they probably have a very curated Facebook audience over years. You're not seeing all of the reps that they did to get up to here. And what they're, not, what they're gonna sell you is not all those reps that it took to get up to this point. What they're gonna sell you is the very little work that they have to do today because they're not starting from scratch. And so that's why the wiser I got as I got into my mid-20s, my late 20s, that's why I really started honing in on, you know what's really helpful is to learn from people who started from scratch. I want to see someone's journey from an email list of zero. Why? Because that's where we all start. It's, I see it on a branding level. A lot of people will say, oh, I'm gonna copy Tony Robbins' sales page because clearly it's converting. He just made, I remember a few years ago, he did a very famous launch where he made a million dollars in 24 hours with Dean Graziosi. And so a lot of people tried copying their sales page, tried copying their landing pages, tried copying the live webinar that they hosted to sell their online product. And guess what people realized? Wait, this stuff doesn't work. But why doesn't it work? It's because what works for Tony Robbins is not going to work for you or I. Tony Robbins has a freaking Netflix documentary. Tony Robbins sells out 10,000 person events all over the world. Tony Robbins has been doing this since the 1980s. Okay, so what you see for his landing page works for him because he has that built-in credibility, that built-in trust, that built-in audience, that built-in brand affinity. He has all of these things that you and I don't have. So if you replicate his stuff, it'll work if you have all of those things. But if you don't have all of those things, it's going to take a different strategy. And that's the painful part for us as entrepreneurs is that it's not as easy as copying the most successful people because whatever works for everybody else, everyone always asks me about my soccer blog. They're like, Brian, tell me how you built an audience of three and a half million readers a month. What was your SEO? What was this? What was that? I'll tell you the truth. I could probably document every single thing step by step from The day I started it, June 7th, 2008, I'll never forget that night, started on June 7th, sitting in my parents' house, up in my childhood bedroom, it was probably like two o'clock in the morning, I was in between jobs, I I had to go back to school, I was an orientation leader that summer, so I started it. I can probably retrace all of my steps from that very important night in my entrepreneurial history. 
And if I gave you all of those steps, it will not work for you. I promise. Not only because you don't have what I had at that moment, which was just (laughs) an absurd passion for soccer. I didn't start out. I think I started the entire business with like, $17 or something to to get started on Blogspot. So it's not that I had any resources that you can't access, but it was a different time. It was 2008. Blogs weren't then what they are now. There wasn't this saturation. It was so easy to do SEO back then. You could literally keyword stuff in the footer of your website with transparent text. I'm telling you this very transparently because this was the reality. So when a lot of people, they look back and they say, oh gosh, you're such a pioneer in the blogging industry. Sure, back then, does it mean I know what it looks like to succeed with a blog in 2023 and beyond? No, and I would never fool myself into believing that it does. And that is really the takeaway that I wanna share with you here today. And it really, hopefully you, if you have been following along and you see the, the parallels with last Sunday's episode, a lot of this is we are talking about luck here. It ties in with last Sunday's episode about luck is that a lot of these people who you see being super successful, it's, I don't know the word that I'm looking for here, but it's almost like they are, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at that point is that if, if you're... I'm trying to think of any business luminary. So if you and I did half the stuff that Elon Musk does in his businesses, it's gonna totally blow up in our faces. But the reality is Elon Musk, ever since the the heydays of PayPal when he was involved with that, all of his other companies, obviously what he's been doing with Tesla, what he's been doing with The Boring Company, what he's been doing with SpaceX, now anything he touches appears to turn to gold. Well, why? Because he's Elon Musk. It's quite simple. It's like that, I'm totally gonna botch this. I've never told a joke live on the air, but here's the one joke that I'm gonna tell you and get totally wrong. But there's this joke that a guy goes to Bill Gates and he says, Bill Gates, will your daughter marry my son? And Bill Gates goes, no, why the heck would my daughter marry your son? Who's your son? And the guy goes, oh, well my son, he's actually the chairman of the World Economic Council. And Bill Gates goes, oh, for real, he is? Well, okay, then let's chat. Then the guy goes to the World Economic Council and he says, hey, will you guys make my son the chairman? And they say, why the heck would we make your son the chairman? And the guy goes, because he's married to Bill Gates' daughter. And so that's the joke is that he's setting you up. He's rigging the deck for himself. And so that's what we don't realize when we look at entrepreneurial stories is what elements of the deck have been rigged for them? Do they have successful exits? That's the one thing I always look at when I'm looking at an entrepreneurial story. Heck, you know what? I'm gonna call Mark Zuckerberg out right here, right now. Is that now that Threads has gone live this week, every entrepreneurial, every business headline, every stock market headline about Meta is bragging, holy cow, Meta has gone from zero to, I don't know how many million, let's call it 30 million users in its first 24 hours, which is setting all sorts of records when it comes to growth trajectories. You wanna know what the reality is? Do you wanna know how Mark Zuckerberg did that? I'll tell you exactly how he did it, and it'll immediately become less impressive for you, is he grew a social media platform that he didn't start, by the way, he grew Instagram to 1.4 billion users, then he launched a new app and sent a notification to all 1.4 billion users saying, hey, click here to create your account on Threads. That's it, that's how he grew it. What can you and I learn from that growth opportunity that he did with Threads? 
And this is where I'm saying it's not all doom and gloom. Obviously, you and I cannot replicate that. We do not own Instagram. We can't just push our new app, our new business, our new product or service to every Instagram user in the United States. But what we can do is reflect on. Look for those success leaves clues moments in the Threads launch. And we can say to ourselves, well, holy cow, look at the way he used an audience that he had built to push it to others. Look at the way that when people sign up for Threads on their Instagram profile, there's a little icon that says what number user they are to sign up for Threads. So mine's like, you know, 1900 or 19,000, whatever it is. So you go there and you say, oh, Brian was the 19,000th user to sign up for Threads. That's very smart. It is a badge of honor. It is a badge of belonging. It is a badge of marketing right there. So that's where I'm saying to you that success leaves clues. We can take these little ideas from other growth stories. We can take these little strategies from other entrepreneurs, from other businesses, from other case studies, and we can look for those common threads, no pun intended, to apply to our own businesses. But... We cannot, we should not, we must not expect to get those same results. And that's why the one thing I'm going to leave you with here as we wrap up today's episode is a concept that I've been thinking about so much lately, and that is pollination. Pollination. It's fascinating to me. I don't know why I've been thinking about it lately, but well, actually I do know. It's because right now, as I'm recording this, I'm staring at a hydroponic gardening system here in my place. And I want to tell you something fascinating about hydroponic gardening. So if you don't know what hydroponic gardening is, if you and I wanted to plant some herbs or flowers or whatever it may be, we will plant them outside in dirt. And when they're outside, guess who they belong to? They don't belong to us anymore. They belong to the universe. There's going to be all sorts of insects and bees that come and visit our plants. Now, we all know what bees do. This is very simple. Bees put their little bee butts down into one plant, they pollinate it, and then they come to another plant, they pollinate that one. They are constantly spreading all of these things from one plant to the other. These plants then thrive off of that spreading. Now, when it comes to hydroponic gardening, one, it's inside, two, it's, its base, its roots are growing into water. There are no insects or bees to pollinate these. So I was Googling it the other day, and you actually have to pollinate these plants yourself. You have to run your hands along these plants and then run your hands across other plants. You have to pollinate. And it's a concept that I've been thinking a lot about in life and in business recently because I feel like that's where my unfair advantage has always come from is this pollination. I pollinate strategies from different industries. I pollinate perspectives from different entrepreneurs. I mean, it's, it's what I get to do for a living. It's the coolest thing in the world. I get to have amazing conversations every day with fascinating, successful, open, transparent entrepreneurs. And heck, I hit the record button so you get to tune into them five days a week as well. And so by looking at all of these things around us inside our own industries, but using this pollination principle, I hope you're seeing that I'm also saying outside of our own industries, that's where success leaves clues starts really setting us up for our own success is we can pollinate all of these ideas, all of these strategies, all of these lessons, the good ones, the bad ones, and we can start applying it to our own business. So you've seen the good side of this coin and the bad side of this coin today, but I think the most important takeaway is to not expect the same results. 
because what works for them is not going to work for you. They've got different things. They've got a different audience. They've got thousands of reps behind this surface level strategy that they're sharing with you that you can't see. And so it's exciting. If you ask me, if, if the emotion that we need to sum up today's episode and all of these things that I shared with you, what is that emotion? I think it should be excitement. It's exciting that you can't copy somebody else's journey. And heck, they can't copy yours as well. But I think what's the most exciting and the most opportunistic is that your success story has never been written before. That's what's at the root of all of this, is that you can't write anyone else's success story because you need to write yours. And what's cool about your unique success story is that it'll never be the same as anybody else's. It's never been done before, and it it will never be done again. It is uniquely yours, which means you need to go out and try things. Go out, succeed a bunch of times, fail a bunch of times, keep moving forward, but set it up your way. Take that inspiration, pollinate from others, but just know that your results are going to be uniquely yours. That's it from me in today's episode. Speaking of pollination, we've got so many incredible guests coming on the show for the remainder of this month and obviously heading into August. One guest in particular, I'm going to call out Callie Kerbo. She's in episode 634, which is coming out gosh, about two weeks from now, Callie's business is actually called Honeycomb. And so it's really cool because the way that her business uses these B references, I think that's part of what got me thinking about the B references and pollination. So I think it's really cool, the brand that she has built. So with all of that said, it's just a little teaser, a little plug. Make sure you pound that subscribe button because we'll see you as always every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday here on the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. Hey, it's Brian here, and thanks for tuning in to yet another episode of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. If you haven't checked us out online, there's so much good stuff there. Check out the show's website and all the show notes that we talked about in today's episode at theentrepreneurshow.com. And I just want to give a shout out to our amazing guests. There's a reason why we are ad-free and have produced so many incredible episodes five days a week for you, and it's because our guests step up to the plate. These are not sponsored episodes. These these are not infomercials. Our guests help us cover the costs of our productions. They so deeply believe in the power of getting their message out in front of you, awesome entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs that they contribute to help us make these productions possible. So thank you to not only today's guests, but all of our guests in general. And I just want to invite you check out our website because you can send us a voicemail there. We also have live chat. If you want to interact directly with me, go to theentrepreneurshow.com, initiate a live chat. It's for real me. And I'm excited because I'll see you as always every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday here on the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast.